Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Ford and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around your radio. It's time for This Life. Hey, with Dr. Drew and Bob. And before we introduce our guest, reminder, uh, <laughs> shout that out. remind you? Hang on now, guys. Gentlemen, hold the on. headache, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> a shout out to our great sponsor at Bergamet.com. Also, do please go to Dr.com. Click on the Bergamet banner for details. And bookmark that Amazon banner at Dr.com for your holiday shopping and all your needs. Doesn't cost you a thing, but it helps us keep this thing afloat. Also, please tell a friend and subscribe to This Life Podcast wherever it is available. Podbean, TuneIn.com podcastchart.com we are a top podcast in self-help and health we are everywhere and at your service so please support us we we love having you guys tell a friend and also go to doctor.com and look at the growing family of podcasts that are there we got the weekly infusion now podcast up with me and dr bruce heishober uh you can get the me and mike podcast you get the dr drew podcast dr and adam podcast the old band is back together all shows free, iTunes, and doctor.com. So now let's welcome my friend and colleague, Bert Dubrow. There he is. Applause, applause, Legendary. Applause. Yes, yes, yes. I Thank just you. read his bio, yeah. and he apparently went to find Howdy Doody at a liquor store in New Rochelle, New York. He what? <laughs> Tell the story, Bert. <laughs> he had Tell the story. I did, I did, I did. I, but but it's you're a, a little backwards, so let me explain. Wait, uh, first, yes, first sir, I have sir. to explain why you're here. Okay. Bert, Bert was my executive producer on the show he we did made at HLN. The show. He He's did a showrunner. It's more than that when you're at CNN HLN, which, which is <laughs> he now, made the show. I was just there, which is now which is now AT and T, right? <laughs> yes, which we is, haven't even talked about which that. Is crazy, right? I know, but. Uh, but he ran the, the organization and the show and the employees. Well, I was and, there. I know who was yeah. in charge. Well, you never went upstairs to see the the offices and how things run. And the, you know, it's a news organization. We had to have a daily show out about the daily news. And Bert ran everything. But now you can tell his history and his uh, howdy but duty. But then can we go back and talk about that? Yeah, of course. Okay. okay. You were inspired by howdy duty. I, well, I, when I was growing, well, I was growing up. I was a, a a child of the fifties, and I do believe that I came out of the womb. Loving television, and and I would wake up early in the morning. I still and I still do. As crazy as it sounds, and I would get up at like five thirty in the morning on the weekends, and watch. Then there was a farm report on the New York WNBC, and it's all they had. But I would watch and watch and watch, and eventually the Howdy Doody show came on, uh, which was on NBC. Then at ten o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, and I began to watch this thing. And for some reason, I was fascinated. When I was growing up, everything seemed to be puppets. So I loved 
to watch puppets and live television and and all that. So these all became idols of mine later, which we can talk about. But anyway, so I'm watching how did you... Let me just pay it forward on that. So now he has a a dummy and puppet collection, including Howdy Doody himself. You have Howdy and, Doody yes, himself? Yes. See, I didn't know. A- well, and and all of Paul Winchell's, Jerry Mahoney's, there, all this kidding. stuff. Paul Winchell was his best friend. No, you so see. It, it all went there. You just knew me from talking drugs. I'm, <laughs> all right, I, I, I know a lot more. But listen, so so, so I, will, I will finish. So I am. I just li- wanted to get to the liquor store. Uh, that's where I'm going. <laughs> I'm getting to that's right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Um, so I'm on the playground at recess one day. And a how old kid, are you? how old are you? What? How old are you? Ten years, Ten years old. And um, a kid says, "Hey, did you, now remember how, the How Do You Show is huge at this point? Biggest, okay, biggest, right?" And some kid on the playground says, "Did you hear that Buffalo Bob has a liquor store?" <laughs> now. That made no sense. It well, makes perfect sense. Well, yeah. Well, now. If now you're you, can. yes. But if you're me, no. Again, by the way, Bert toured the country with Buffalo Bob later. Oh, oh you're kidding. Yeah. So go ahead. anyway, this kept coming up that Buffalo Bob had a liquor store. And finally, because I was so interested, I said, well, where's his liquor store? And they said, well, it's on the south, the north end of New Rochelle. I lived on the south end. I went to school on the south end. It was in the north end. So I did a little research at 10 and found out that if I take a bus which was the M, <laughs> no, M no bus. No internet. Uh, there. The M bus, I could get from the south end to the north end, get to that liquor store, and I could meet Buffalo Bob. Oh, so, my God. Did you I, expect to see him like behind the counter, uh, handing out Jack Daniels? I, I didn't bottle? know what to expect. So, but I, And I, part of me didn't believe this. Yeah. So I got on the bus after school about 3.30, did not tell my parents, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to Buffalo Bob's liquor store. They would have locked me up. By, by the way, I, can I just <laughs> say, knowing Bert as long as I have now, that, that quality of... Uh, what I got I don't believe this. I got to go see it for myself. That's, 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 in, that's in his not, head. Right. Nothing has changed. Right? Drew's right. So I get on this M bus, uh, and I remember like it was yesterday. And uh, I'm on it, and then eventually it gets to this place called Waikigil in New Rochelle, which is a shopping center. I get off, and damn it, right in front of me is a sign that says liquors. I walk into the store, and I said to a guy, and remember, I'm the yeah. small little kid. Is Buffalo Bob here? Oh. And this man who had a checked shirt on, black horn rim glasses, looks at me and says, I'm Buffalo Bob. <laughs> no, no way. No, now, no yeah. way. Now, hold on. Was he? Well, hold it. Now, remember, on television, he's wearing like a buckskin yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. And he's right? all happy. And, right. And here is a check shirt and black glasses. And he's on Buffalo Bob. And he's, what's your name? And I said, my name is Bert Dubrow. And he goes from underneath the counter and he takes out a um, not eight by ten, a little smaller, but it was a postcard, color picture of himself and Howdy. And it's what's your name? And he signs it to me. And, and to and, be fair, you know who knew the television could make a career or a living? Right, right. He had right. to. He, he was a he sold liquor. <laughs> so anyway, as he's talking to me, though, you recognize it. the voice is becoming more recognizable. And so he does this. I take the picture. I get back on the M bus, go back home, and I get in trouble. Where were you? You know, where were you? You didn't call, blah, blah. I said, well, I, I was at uh, Buffalo Bob's no. liquor store. <laughs> no and, which, and they think I'm crazy. Well, I continued to do this to the point, by the way, the liquor store had a big glass window that when they would see me coming, I would see Bob run in the back. <laughs> and then they would say to me, he's not here. Bob's not here. <laughs> Buffalo Bob is not here. So, And would you be asking him questions about oh, howdy? Oh, everything blah, blah, blah. you could imagine. Uh, and then finally... At first one, he was probably entertained by it and liked answering the questions. And then annoyed this. <laughs> and then finally one day my dad says, 
uh, he needed liquor. He was going to go buy some scotch. Oh. And he uh. used to buy it. And I still remember the name of the store. It was called Gene Greco's Liquor Store. And I said, well, don't go there. Let's go to Buffalo Bob's Liquor Store. And his mother, my mother looked at him. And I remember the look like, let's get this over with. You know, let, let's appease him. And so uh, we got in the car. Help, and you're I, still 10 now. 10 years old. Took him on the route on that M bus. Same route. <laughs> and he, he was surprised because there's a liquor store. And we walk in and thank the good Lord, he was there. Bob was there, and as I walk in with my Did father- Did they think you were lying or making it up? I don't know, probably. Yeah. And uh, I walk in, and Bob yells, sees me, and goes, there's my buddy Bert. And my father <laughs> turned a color that I'd never seen before in my life. And the two of them talk, and they, they went to a corner and talk, and then they brought me over, and I found out later what they said. What they Bob, say? Well, Bob was telling my father, if he's really interested in this, you're not going to stop him. So don't even try to stop him. So he handed... There you go. Some wise words. Yeah. Yes. He handed me 12 tickets right. to the show. Now, here's how popular the show was at this point. If you had a ch- if you were um, pregnant, you would write for tickets at one point when you were pregnant. So by the time your child came of age, you'd have tickets to the show. By the time kid's five. <laughs> yeah. Right. He gave me 12 tickets. So I brought friends, blah, blah, blah. And that began a relationship. Now, here's the fun part of this. There was a magazine called TV Junior that was a takeoff on TV Guide for that kids. came out, and I yeah for kids, and I went and I was buying that, I was buying everything you could buy, and it had an article in it about the guy who played Clarabelle on the show, whose name was Lou Anderson, and the article said that he lived, which was the biggest mistake they could have made. Oh my God! In White Plains, New White York, Plains, New which York. is also Westchester County. So I got to the phone book. There's a word <laughs> you don't hear a lot anymore, and I found and I found his number. I called him, started to bug him on the phone. He sent me a picture. And one day I find out later, they're at rehearsal. And they're talking. Bob's talking about this pain-in-the-ass kid oh. who keeps coming to the liquor store. And Lou's listening to this and says, wait, wait a minute. This me. kid would, wouldn't be Bert, would it? And it turned out. So anyway, we became very, very good friends. I stayed friendly with all of them all those years. As Drew mentioned, um, the set, this isn't this. This is about 1961 or something at this point. Now I went away to school years later, and I'm in school in Boston. And I had stayed sort of in touch with Bob. And um, and at I, school, it's defunct that he would do TV shows, directing TV shows. It was all one, communication. Where one of your one of your premier hosts or, or, or talents was Andy Kaufman was my best friend. And he he was Andy at the, he was at the school too. He but that's loved a, him. That, yeah, that's he a whole and that's a whole other story which I I don't mind telling you about in a minute because Howdy connected Andy and I. But anyway, I'm reading in the newspaper one day in 19 I want to say 71, 70 or seventy one that at Bob's Buffalo Bob's going to be at the University of Pennsylvania. This is a twelve years after the show went off the air. Uh, uh, they're doing a nostalgia night, and Buffalo Bob's going to be there. They invited him. And I thought, what the hell? So I waited. I found out about it. I read about it. Turned out it was huge, a huge hit. And I immediately called Bob's brother, because now I know the whole family. By the, 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 uh, <laughs> you're just, the you're whole part family. of the family. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, I'm part of the family. <laughs> I called. I said, listen, I got to be part of this. How can this possibly be? So said, uh, you got to call Bob. Anyway, Bob called me. It turned out that he was coming to Boston to do one of his big, college shows at a place called New England Life Hall that I remember this and um, we had dinner ahead of time and and by the way having dinner with him was having dinner with the guy with the black glasses and the check shirt and then he said look watch the show and then we'll meet afterwards I said all right and I walk into this theater auditorium 
had to be 2,000 seats, packed. Now, this is early 70s now. So everybody in the audience is smashed. They're all smoking weed. They're all, they've not seen Buffalo Bob in 12 years, their first father image. Everybody's going crazy that they're going to see him. It opens up with a, a kinescope, an old film of the Howdy Show in black and white. So now you're seeing all the characters you hadn't seen since you were a kid. He comes out. In this, I mean, I, and I'm just—I'm really not kidding you. As I tell you the story now, I get chills just telling you this because he came out and was wearing this yellow buffalo suit that he wore on the air. Yeah, yeah. And uh, first of all, in color, you know—if you know what I mean. Like yeah. I was with him an hour ago having dinner. Not the same guy. Yeah. You know, like Clark Kent and Superman. And he comes out, and there's Buffalo Bob. I mean, and it was insane. And it was him at the piano and everybody's stoned in the audience and they're singing the songs. They know the songs. They're asking questions. It was an amazing night. It was an amazing night, magical night. And, and you you generalized out your his interest in television by befriending other local television Oh, I, I knew child. them all. I knew them all. Everybody that was on television so, in my area, Officer Joe Bolton from the who did the host of the Three Stooges on Channel Eleven, Bill Britton who played Bozo. I'm, why would I even remember these names? I knew them all. I wrote to them. I got to know them, and I went down there as a little kid. So did your a, family have to take you down there? My mother would take, take me. Yeah, my mother would take me down there. So as the years went by, I stayed no. friendly with these with these people. So I knew was them. Was there a Hobo Kelly back east? No, that would be your local whoever. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. No, that would Hobo be Kelly. Kelly. Hobo Kelly. Hobo Kelly and, and Sheriff Think John. about that. Right. There's no way a show called Hobo Kelly would get made nowadays. <laughs> but no. She was no. a homeless hobo. <laughs> it was a, hold on, it was a woman? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hom- it was a, yeah. yeah. Ho- hobo <laughs> Kelly might have Sheriff a, John? Was oh, Sheriff John No, but it would seem to me that Sheriff John or Hobo Kelly might have a podcast. But would not get, <laughs> but would not, but would not get on television. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, but anyway, that, so that sort of so I ended up on the road. The magic of yeah. of television and media that yeah. that era, like sports. When you're talking about him owning a liquor store, I I grew up with sports people, golfers, and they had off season jobs. Football players had right. jobs. Jim Otto, the center for the Minnesota Vikings, who was an all star, all pro. He worked at a tire place in Palm Desert during the during wow. the winter wow. because yeah. because television and sports weren't a career they were something that you know you had a passion for people kind but, of interested it, in well, yeah. yeah well I found out later that the reason he bought the well <laughs> he bought the liquor store probably for a couple Drew's laughing he knows for, he for a couple of reasons yeah cover, I think he enjoyed yeah he enjoyed having a drink or two at night um, who didn't I, did I, that I, I, 19 right. late 50s early 60s and the other thing is he knew that Howdy was finally going off the air after 13 years and was looking for a place for the sort of the guys that he worked for him to be and run and all that so he was doing it for a couple of reasons and that was the reason for the liquor store Better than having a bar. Yeah. The, well, that's right. Bars. That's right. Yeah. My dad. My dad's accountant one time told him because he spent so much money at this bar, we should just buy the bar, and then you'll at least make money <laughs> off of it. He bought the bar and it almost bankrupted. It's called the Ski Room in Inglewood, and he bought and he just gave away the drinks for free because he'd get drunk and then everybody oh, oh, could drink for free. Oh, that's funny. I want to tell you another story. Another story. Drew reminded me while I was writing to Bob. Uh, there was a show on uh, Channel 11 in New York called um, Officer Joe Bolton and the Three Stooges. It was like what you, Sheriff John, like you were talking about. And I would write or to this guy Bill. every week, yeah. every week, could you please send me a picture of yourself and the Three Stooges? And I would get for like, uh, I don't know how many weeks in a row, I got a postcard with Officer Joe's head 
and the Three Stooges head, and it said, to Bert, best wishes, Officer Joe Bolton. And then I would write him back, could I please have a picture of your whole bodies, <laughs> not just your head? And I would continue to get the same thing back. One day, and we lived in an apartment then, one day the, the um, doorbell rang, and I opened the door, there's nothing there, I looked down, and there's a big eight and a half by 11 envelope there, and it's uh, with the WPIX logo. And I open it up, and there's a letter, Dear Bert, uh, Dear Bert, enclosed are the only pictures that I have of myself and the Stooges of our whole bodies. Please enjoy them. You sound like a very persistent young man. <laughs> Here's my phone number, and it says two. It was there was no area code. Mu two six five hundred Murray. Please right. That's Murray right. Murray two. Mur- Murray Hill two six five hundred. Please call me. I'd like to meet you. Well, I run into my mother. And I said, we got to call it. This was a weekend. She said, you can't call him now. It's, you know, it's Saturday. So Monday we called him, and he got right on the phone with me and invited me down and said, I have tickets for you for the Bozo Show so you can see that while you're here. We go down, whatever it was, two weeks later. There's a payoff to the story. We go down two weeks later, and I'm in line with every other kid, and a lady comes out and makes an announcement. Excuse me, is Bert Dubrow online here? And I raise my hand, brings me back in the offices. I meet Joe Bolton. I meet Bill Britton, who was Bozo, yeah. and that began this amazing relationship between myself and this guy, Joe Bolton, just the, the nicest man that I think I had ever known in that part of the industry. We stayed friendly for years and years and years and years. Now, go to the 80s, pre-Sally. Um, I'm in Cincinnati. Per, uh, Joe uh, Bird ends up producing Sally Jesse. So this is pre-Sally. I'm at a show called The Bob Braun Show for this company, Multimedia, and we would, this woman came in, Joan Moorer, who was Mo from the Three Stooges' daughter, mm. and she's doing a demo segment of all the Three Stooges' merchandise. So I can't wait for it to end, and I go over to her, and I introduce myself. I'm Bert. I'm the executive producer of the show, and I don't know if you know where this man is, but I lost touch with him. His name was Joe Bolton. She goes, oh, my gosh, it was my father's favorite. He loved. I, I know where he is. I said, "Look, I'm not going to ask you for the number, but if you could just take my name, I would love to reconnect with him." About two weeks later, she calls me. Up, she says, "Bert, he remembers you. He wants you to call him because many years had gone by." Yeah. So I, he was living out here. I was in in Cincinnati at the time. I pick up the phone. I call. I get him on the phone. We start talking, and it became very emotional. I always knew, Bert, you were going to do this, and blah, 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 blah. And right before we hang up, he says to me, could you do me a favor? I said, I'll do anything for you. You did so much for me. I will do anything. He said, could you please send me a picture, but of your whole body, uh, not just wow. your face? Wow. And that, that was the last that's time the I talked to him. Yeah. Uh, See, we that's have, the world I want to live we in. Have, we have to take a quick break, but but I, it's, I find it so fascinating that that these little local TV shows thought of themselves as little local businesses. There was no sense of mass media. Radio was mass media. These were little right. local fledgling businesses. That's right. They were, had That's to right. appeal, had to write letters to the – there was their customers right there in the local little yeah, network. That's so, true. All right, we'll take a quick break. Be right back. Well, of course, you've heard me talk about Bergamot Mega Plus. It's derived from extracts of the Bergamot citrus fruit. That's right. This is in the Calabria region of Italy. They use it there like crazy. They've used it for generations. It is something that's extremely rich in polyphenols. Now, I don't typically get behind supplements, but this is one I can I can sign off on. It is known to reduce the risk for heart disease. The Italian government has actually done some very good research on Bergamot, as well as many studies to prove its effectiveness. Bergamot Mega Plus is a natural statin, right? 
That's an HMG coase reductase inhibitor. That's much like the medicines that people take, I myself take. Lowers triglycerides, raises HDL, lowers LDL. Some people take bergamot with the statin even. So it addresses also conditions faced by millions of people worldwide. That is the so-called metabolic syndrome, which is increased abdominal fat, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. And it helps with that. It helps with insulin resistance. Now, I do suggest you, of course, talk to your doctor if there's any question at all. And there are alternatives pharmaceutically that many doctors may recommend. But Bergamet Mega Plus offers an all-natural option. Cardiologists and physicians all over the world have recommended it. Its effectiveness is the subject, as I said, of many good quality scientific studies. So to learn more, visit Bergamet.com. That's B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T. That is Bergamet.com. Or click on the Bergamet banner on our website. I suggest you do so. And we are back. Uh, Bert Dubrow is our is our special guest. Bergamot. Yeah, Bergamot, of course. Yeah, that stuff is. Uh, listen, I hard. Uh, you, you, I don't know what to say. It's hard for me to get past. I'm hoping to get what you've got so I can take it. You, I don't through. think That's... it would be a bad idea for you to take it. I mean, you know, as a man of your age, I'm just, oh, I'm just saying, oh, you hear that? I'm just saying this is it's good for vascular health, and uh, you know, it, 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 the the uh, you know, I just love that Drew's. Do your own research. To... You'll see. These alternative ideas. This now. is not. All, this is well. This is good science. That's I don't know what I'm you're talking it. about, either of you. But Bob, I would listen to Drew if I were you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, so so Bird ends up working in television forever. Ends up give the quick pedigree. Do you know this? Do you know this? About I knew it? Sally Jesse Raphael. I didn't know. Okay, so the chick with and, the red glasses. Those of you that and, are, the, and what else? The Jerry thing. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. Well, here's how both this, of them at the same time. Here's how it happened. Okay. Um, with um, Sally. It had occur- I was with the company that was with the, that uh, did the Phil Donahue show, so uh, I was there. Oh, we used to we used to produce for Michael Douglas, all the way back then. Mike Douglas, yeah, Mike yeah. Douglas. Oh, but, Mike Douglas, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Mike Douglas. But I'm doing were you the- there when John Lennon was on for a week? I was not. I I got there a week later. Oh my god, w- Johnny Yoko. <laughs> I got there a week later. But anyway, so I'm doing this show, um, uh, a regionally syndicated show for um, the company that did Phil Donahue, and one day it occurred to me that. What happens if Phil, it's really what went through my head? What happens if Phil gets hit by a bus? This company's out of business. So I wonder if they have any other plans. So I knew the CEO. <laughs> That's a good thought. Right. That's a Makes practical sense. thing. So I went to him and told him he, the same thing, and he was a little offended. Keeps asking by that. the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. A little offended. But he, and, and he said to me, You know, we don't really think about that. I said, Well, if I come up with something, will you guys at least address it? Yeah. They said, Yes. So I went back. Bert invented MTV too. Asking that story. Went, 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 That's about, another story. About a week later, and I said, "Let me." I was thinking about this. How about a woman? And I will never forget. He looked at me and said, "A woman? A, why would woman?" I said, "Phil Donahue said that." No, this guy Walter Bartlett said. Oh, okay. That. And I said, "Why a woman?" I said, "Well, mainly because a woman. There is no woman." So that's why I thought a woman. And the example I gave him then. And, and I sort of still live by this, I guess. I said, if Phil Donahue, because he was the only one out there doing it, is doing a show for women, and on that particular show, let's assume it's about their menstrual cycle. He's going to connect one way on it. I got to believe if a woman is hosting, it'd be a whole different connection. And he looked at me like I was completely out of my mind. But to get me out of there, he said, listen, if you can find someone. So I won't bore you with how I found her, but I found Sally. And what was she doing before? News? Radio. She was doing radio, radio. Um, uh, on NBC Radio. And a, a TalkNet was the name of the network. TalkNet Radio. I brought her in to audition. I put together a demo tape. And the next thing I knew, um, 
we were going to do this show, and I thought all would be great. And he looked at me, and Walter Bartlett said, here's the thing. We're going to do this, but you got to go to St. Louis. I said, St. Louis? Why St. Louis? Because I was in Cincinnati. He said, because we own a station in St. Louis, KSDK. But it was an hour different, so I traveled back and forth doing the Sally show in the beginning, just getting it started to try to figure out what it was going to be and all that. Back and forth, so I would do two, three days in St. Louis, two days in Ohio, and did that. And then oh, Phil Donahue, I thought he was in Chicago. Phil was in Chicago, but oh. the company wasn't in Chicago. Oh, okay. So hold it. So I put this demo reel together with Sally, and they give it to some of the stations, and they call me up and they bring me in the office. They said, "Look, good, good job." But these general managers that are watching this don't like those glasses she's wearing. And as I'm as as God is my witness and as I'm sitting here, I looked at him in the face and I said, Listen, if we ever get lucky enough to become anything, and odds are we won't, but if we do, those glasses will be a trademark. Red, pro- the red glasses. Yeah, the red yeah. glasses. They said, Thought I was crazy. You gotta look get other glasses. So I said, okay. So Sally was in New York at the time. I called her husband. I said, Carl, do me a favor. Go out and get five of the ugliest pair of glasses you can think of. He said, why? I said, just get them and bring them to St. Louis. I'll explain. So we meet in St. Louis. No audio or anything. I just put her in front of the camera. I still have this tape, actually. Put her in front of the camera, just a medium close-up, and we put these glasses on her. One, two. Two, three, and the last pair we put on her the red was the red, red glasses, ones. which of course looked better than the ugly ones. <laughs> and so I took this little three-quarter inch tape under my arm, went back to Cincinnati. I said, "Look, I did what you guys asked," and I still was right there when they when they put it on. They put it in, and these geniuses look at this tape, and they looked at me right in the face afterwards. Where said, "You know what, Bert? You're right. The red ones really are better." <laughs> And we ended up staying with the red glasses. And, and, That's true. Story. And I would say, with all the different environments he's worked in, still nothing like CNN. HLN. No, yeah, that was, oh, still, oh. was still for both of us was like a stunning, like wow, this is a different place. But the best, not in a bad way necessarily, but just different. Yeah. Well, yeah. wasn't it? Let's be honest. Weren't they trying to sell HLN the whole time you were there? No, 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 no. no. That's there what was a, I heard. Oh no, 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 no. I talked to Jeff Zucker. He did a town hall horror movie, town hall meeting where he said. Listen, let me be clear with all of you. This is a fully executed cable network. It is priceless, and it is not for sale under any circumstances. That's the president of So CNN. they just rebranded it into a travel agency. What? And that's what they're doing. HLN? Yeah, and CNN. It's a, the Bourdain thing is a travel <laughs> log. It's, as soon as the election is over... The whole network will just be travel. I and looked at it it's like true. That. I, 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 there's one travel show, and it's really the, a culture show. There's it's a food show. It's because it's election. No, there's a. It's it's all I know. What are you talking about? The the he's just consulting for them right now. So I are they doing? They they want more Bourdain, right? I'm thinking of booking a trip now through CNN. <laughs> but but, uh, how, but Bob Bob, it's it's you know they have a they have a morning show. Good day. You know, what's it called? With New Day. With New Day. Kayla's now on HLN. We're, we're yeah. gone from there 10 minutes. We don't remember yeah. any of the shows. And then they, <laughs> and then they have, like, you know, they have, they have shows, all, news shows all the way through the yeah, day. Yeah, all except, based around the election. It's been a year no, and a half. No, around CNN, the shows. Not HLN. On CNN, you're right. CNN but not is going to have their own films. They're going to be, like, yeah, try to be night, a network. At nighttime. At nighttime, late night, like after 10 o'clock. But the rest of the day is all news. And what's going to be on HLN where your show was? Well, you're consulting. We don't know. Well, Ashley's there now, Ashley Banfield. Ashley's right? on at 8 o'clock, not uh, 9 o'clock, uh, well, and not 7 o'clock. Uh, 
Right now, they're, they're running forensic files. Now, if you would have said the show's going to turn, the network's going to turn into forensic files, I think Drew and I would probably look at you. Yeah, okay, no. that, may, that yeah. makes sense. Well, but. it doesn't really matter what it turns into. It just, it's not going to, it's not a news network other than the election, right? It's, so a, it's, tra- it's a travel agency. We, we were there for almost six years. It, it was I'm news. I'm talking about now, it not was five news. years ago. It, it caught a wind with the election. When the election's Can over, it's going back Can I break this up for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is it will be it will go back to a normal CNN when the election is over. And at, ni- at night, they have created these shows like Anthony Bourdain and Lisa Ling and all those other yeah. things. And those things do very well, and they call them news now. But those are just for prime time and specials and all it, It'll still be Anthony Cooper just signed a new contract. You got Jake Tapper and all those other people and um, what are they going to talk about they just been talking well, about Trump the, for a year that's always half. the problem that's always the, in, unless a plane gets lost or, or you've got an election that's always the problem of these networks right. yeah they have that's to fill the, fill the day with yeah. news with news that yeah. attracts eyes I just, I just heard that it's going to be more like no, a real no, network no 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 because no. HLN might have some of that it may turn into yeah. a phone company now but that's a whole other thing <laughs> I, I that's it's I, I don't I don't AT and T just bought the whole thing. Well, if they could deal go through, it'll take a year. That's right. That's but, right. but it's hard to know how that's going to affect things. I, I bet they'll leave Time Warner alone for a while. Uh, they what happened when Comcast took over Universal? They left it alone. Yeah, they left it alone. But well, they consolidated buildings and things, and they, yes. they invested in. They put well, capital. In. Well, they ended up with all those other networks too. They ended up with Bravo and this and the life. So, network. so Wahlberg is doing Sally Jesse. Uh, this guy named oh, Jerry Springer. He, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you yeah, that yeah. here. So, um, I like doing, his bodyguard. Steve Wilkos. I hired Steve Wilkos. Yeah. He's, he's good. yeah. But listen, so I'm doing Sally, and while I was doing Sally in the beginning, they gave me a consultant. Um, his name was Dick Mincer. Um, and Dick Mincer was the original executive producer of Donahue. A terrific guy. A terrific guy. Um, but I watched Dick in my own eyes and saw it, Phil Donahue, Phil Donahue, Phil Donahue. Nothing else. And that was all he did. And I thought, hmm. I don't know that I want to do that. Nothing against Dick. I'd like to expand. Dick, that was what Dick did. But I wanted to expand and do something else. But it sort of made me nervous just to see someone like that doing one thing. So I was always on the lookout for something. Now, while I was in Cincinnati, as I told you earlier, um, Jerry, that guy named Jerry Springer, who used to be the mayor, yeah. came on just to do commentaries on the news. He was only on at the end doing commentaries. And they would bring him on the show that I was doing, and he was funny as hell, and we got to know each other really well. Well, I got in, uh, you know, roped into a little bit of Sally Jesse Raphael, started that whole thing, so that took me a while. About five years into Sally, um, we were doing pretty well, or more than five years, and they came to me and said, um, we're going to renew your contract. And I said, you know what? Leave it alone. Let, let's not renew it so quickly. I'd like to do something else. They said, what? I said, I want to do another show. And they said, well, do you have anybody in mind? I said, yes. Who? Jerry Springer. Well, at this point, Jerry's now the anchor for WLW in Cincinnati, which this company owns. Well, if you know anything about local television, that's the most important thing is the news. The last thing in the world they want to do is have their guy do a talk show. But I said to them, let me do this, or uh, let me at least try it. So He has a tape of him teaching Jerry how to do talk, Yeah, how to interview people. Right. So um, they went back and... Uh, they, first of all, they said to me, don't say anything to Jerry. Now, I'm in New York doing Sally at this point. Walter goes back on a plane to Cincinnati, Ohio, tells me not to do, say anything. And then it occurred to me, I, I went to sleep that night, I thought, wait a minute, he's going to go tell Jerry. Yeah. So I call Jerry. I said, hey, by the way, he says, you're too late. 
He says, I know it was you. Don't worry about it. But Walter came to me. I said, we got to do this. He said, I told Walter, I want to do this. I wa-. So there I found myself back in Ohio. We started the Springer Show in Ohio as sort of a Donahue-ish kind of a show. That's how it began. And it did, eh, not very well, but it was okay. And then one day out of nowhere. But by the way, as you told the story to me, you were sort of desperate, for like re- trying to reinvent the thing. What are we going to do? This thing isn't working. We got to come up with new ideas. For yes, this. but in the middle of that, the NBC owned and operated stations, for whatever reason to this day, I don't know, came to us and said, we want to buy the show for all of our stations under one condition. You move the show from Cincinnati to Chicago and use our studios at WMAQ, I guess it was. And so there we were, doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And one day, out of almost nowhere, uh, well, I was the only guy, I, I didn't know this, doing two of these shows at the same time, okay? So I'm doing Sally and I'm doing Jerry, Right. And um, what's the show? I can't think of it now, but I'll think of it. It's on CBS. Um, called up and wanted to do a piece on me because I was the only one doing this. It was like a, of, new, like a news, like a 2020 big, piece. It was like a 2020 of. show. It's still on, but I forget the name of it. Dateline. Like 60 Minutes. Yeah, it was like that, thing, but yeah. it, was, it was on CBS. Still on CBS. Anyway, um, so they come to my house, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they come to Sally. They mic me. They watch me do the show. Everything's fine. I know what's going on. No problem. Same thing about two weeks later, Springer. They followed me to Chicago. They put a mic on me in the studio, and everything's fine until all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we're doing a show on race, this guy gets up and punches this black guy right in the face on the air. Boom, like that. And me, not thinking, I run behind the set, and I go, yes, oh. this is going to be oh. great. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And I look up, and oh, there's that no. damn CBS camera in my face. Oh. And I go, oh. So, oh. so we, went, we went to a break. We had to calm the audience down, and I went to the producer of this show, and I said, listen, is there any way that I could get you not to run that little thing whenever you put this together of me going that, and he looked at, you know, going great, great, great. He looked at me, so let me ask you a question. If it were you, would you run it? Mm-hmm. I said, yep, I would. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, I, I had no choice. They so they it. held it for ratings. And that night, uh, Lynn, my wife and I went upstairs. It's on, 10, it's on 10 o'clock at night. And so we went upstairs at 9 o'clock. Figured we'll get into bed and get ready and watch this thing at 10 o'clock and see how it turns out. Well, at 9 o'clock, every promo between 9 How and 10, is that fight and me going, yes, yes, we're going to make... Now, I had already told the companies so we were okay. Anyway, when that happened, that sort of began the whole idea of fighting. Yeah. So it was surely, it was an accident. Then, and then somebody threw a chair. Uh, well, and, everything was thrown. And and that's when it really Yeah, and then the, this guy, Richard Dominic, who was a producer then, I had made him the executive producer of the show. We changed the whole thing, and he took it to a completely different level, and it became, I mean, there's a lot so in after between. after 50 years of television, 40, how, how many years of television? When did you start? I don't think of it. I don't think about it. So 19- what do you think now? What's the evolution of television? The reason I'm making the comment we, about... We, Bert and I spent many, many, many hours talking about this. Hard to figure out. I so think, I think so it's there wasn't... But even at that era, there wasn't a million Jerry Springers bro- broke out because of Jerry Springer. Now, my thing is, once there's Anthony Bourdain, there'll be 10 of them. Once there's Lisa Lee, Ling or whatever, there'll be 10 of them. And once there's a murder channel, 
there'll be murders till the end of time. Well, right? That, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, but but not necessarily on the same network. So in other words, if you ha- so you'll see another Anthony Bourdain in, on a travel channel or here or there, and it will never be what Anthony Bourdain was. Us doing Sally or Geraldo doing Geraldo or Jenny Jones doing Jenny Jones was never to me as good as Phil. I mean, Phil and Phil and, jo- and Johnny yeah. Car and David Letterman would yeah. sit and tell you that that and he had a great line when Johnny Carson died. It was an amazing line. Um, he did a little tribute, which plays into what you're saying. Um, and uh, he idolized Johnny, and he sat back at his desk th- after Carson died, and he he looked up and he said, "You know, all of us guys that are sitting behind the desk, we're all trying to do Carson, but let's face it, none of us are really pulling it off." I heard, I, heard Damon, I heard Damon Wayne say the same thing with Richard Pryor. He yeah, goes, that's right. He said, that's he right. said, he goes, look, we're all doing Pryor. We're all doing Richard. And you're, you're, either, you're either, and if, you, if you're, you're not, you're either lying. Yeah, wait, wait, you're either lying or not funny. <laughs> so. but, but, but I, I like to direct to consumer. If, if Damon Wayans can't draw people, he'll stop doing a bad imitation of Richard Pryor. With television, they just decide. We're going to be this. We're going to be a murder channel. And then ID channel just becomes murder, well, You understand murder, that the people murder. that make the programming decisions are risk-aversive. But think of this for a minute. And yeah. this sort of tells, says everything. You could stop people on the street today and ask them what TLC stands for. Yeah. And they won't know it actually started as the learning channel. Yeah. Now it's got little people. How about A&E? Yeah. Right, exactly. A&E was <laughs> opera and ballet. But yeah, okay. But that's, that's, <laughs> how, how about the uh, CMT, which is Spike, I think now, isn't it? Or no, or? that CMT is country music television. Well, if you were, I think if Spike you go was back, But like yeah, that. no, that's right. It originally was country, then it went yeah. into Spike. But right. CNN, I loved when it first, you know, say in the 90s, because what it gave you was a daily... 24-hour news, in-depth news stories. That's not what they do anymore. It's just a million of the same story over and over you know, again. It's like the talk show world, though. If you think about it, Springer, when we started Springer, and I explained to you by accident, it wasn't something that we designed, and then everybody else well, followed ask, ask suit. What, how did our show evolve? What it's did you, the same he, thing. Ask him what he thought about me when he first had to deal with me. Huh? What, 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 <laughs> no. What, what did you think we had to deal with me? You're like, oh, crap, what are we going to well, do I thought, Well, I thought what everybody thought. We can do... What Dr. Drew, in quotes, does. And that would be, you know, rehab stuff and blah, blah, blah. All that sort of health. And and we tried it, and nobody, nobody to watch would watch it. So it's the same thing with those networks. TLC tried to be the learning channel. So tell them how we evolved. So we evolved. Well, how did we evolve? You remind me. Well, I think... Uh, I yeah. Out Susan. with a, a couple of Playboy bunnies on the show, and I was really pissed off. I remember that at the beginning. <laughs> what was the, what was the topic? I don't remember, but I was like, "Why?" Yeah, well, and I well, remember no, that you, wasn't the evolution. That but was... I remember Susan and you coming in and saying, "Susan would say why and all that." And and here's listen. I always say this to people: This is not what I want to do. I right. mean, if we did what I wanted to do, we how do you do this in my living room? Well, I like. <laughs> I, I love. I love. The Behavior Bureau. Okay, well, that was way later. Way later. I know, later. but it started out so, differently. So was, okay, so well, here's no, what let's happened. Let's get back to television. Well, wait, quickly. Here's what happened. What happened was Casey Anthony. And, and, and we were starting to evolve into something a little different. And, uh, and Burke, was, we, we got, they called me. We got to do Casey Anthony. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? I'm Casey Anthony? And come. Boom! Well, wait, hold on, hold on. But let's 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 set the stage or, or or picture for everybody. Casey Anthony comes on, and we are completely against news and completely against Atlanta. And in fairness, the company doesn't want us to do that. Yeah, they want us to do you know whatever this true show is. And 
Casey Anthony starts this trial, and we're looking at the numbers, and it's just exploding. And they said we should do it. And Drew and I are sitting in my office. He doesn't want to do it. I don't really want to do it. But I'm looking at the numbers every day. He's not looking looking at them as closely. And we sat in my office one day, and I said, I looked at, I said, Drew, look at this. The numbers are like tripling. We got to do it. He said, All right, you know what the heck, we'll do it. And so we did it. And we looked at the ratings the next day, and literally our numbers overnight doubled. Well, no, and he and he, well, he, I didn't know that. I just, I came in that day, and he looked at me. And I go, well, what happened? He goes, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I did say that. I said it was completely insane. And so, but here's the good news. The good news is we did it and we found a way to do it Drew's way. Yeah. Yeah. With, you know, with behavior and all that. And then then Jody Arias is really where the behavior bureau happened. It's the same, but we we grabbed that one. We're like, okay, we'll try to do this. Drew's idea was to, you know, put a couple of shrinks on and then, we sort of expanded it and turned it into it. And, and Drew really, for the most part, left us alone unless it came to the experts and yeah, the doctors. Yeah. And he became, it was that. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. He became somebody else when it came to that. You know, you got to come to me. i got to know who these people are, blah, 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 blah. And, and he was right because we didn't know who these people are. Yeah. Oh, that they were putting nudniks on. Yeah. And, and, and then there was something interesting about me with female professionals. It was just visually interesting. Oh, and we just went, oh, my God, that's interesting. It became, it, let me tell you something. It became so funny that executives of ours would pick up the phone and call me in the middle of the show because I had a thing. You could not be on if you could not be on the show unless you were. I'm talking women now. Unless you were smart and good looking. Now, if you were just smart, well, you couldn't be on. And if you were just good, okay, good looking, you couldn't be on. You had to <laughs> I mean, be that, both. That was really our criteria. Yeah, it was. No, it was telegenic. You, you had to yeah, look yeah. right on TV. He's saying telegenic. I'm, I'm, yeah, ta- yeah. I'm talking English. Uh, th- that's what happened. And we, one of our executives, who shall remain nameless would pick up the phone and, and, and call me in the middle of the show and say, are you guys intentionally just putting redheads on tonight? I mean, he got, got off on it. Then finally one but that, day... But visually, that's it, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Drew did a radio show. Uh, this was sort of a turning point for me. Not, I'm sure not for everybody else. Drew did a radio show, and he's on this radio show. He called me right afterwards and then sent me a piece of it. And this radio guy, whoever it was, said... What are you guys doing over there? It looks like Charlie's Angels. <laughs> and, I, and I said, this is great. They're, people are seeing it. In other words, they're getting yeah. what we're doing. And it began Tuning to take in. off. It really began to take off. So I would say then, for a good two years. Then the network years, had a problem. The yeah. network uh, changed its sort of whole structure and what it was focused yeah, on. And we, we lost that them. risk aversion. Here's the thing. What, the point. I'm well, that was very risky. The bigger, point, they made and the bigger point I'm trying to make is millennials don't watch television. No. Yeah. No. What right. happens Here's 20 CNN. years from now? This is this is. They your don't CNN. listen to CNN. No, no, no. At all. This is your CNN. It's in my hand. It's this instrument. But you're right. You're right. This is your the, their so, version of it. So, what do you think? Where is television headed? Chasing its own tail, or is it going to reinvent itself? I. I believe it'll reinvent itself. Me too. I will always believe. But it has to take risks. Yes. Well, you hear, listen, we hear that all the time. Yeah. Take a risk. Take a, and usually when you take a risk, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they, it's they, really they took good. a risk and tried to make themselves into a social media yeah. network. And it didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, it didn't work. It was a bad risk. So I believe that good, 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 good talent, if, if it's good and really good and works within the contemporary times, it will find a place. It will find a place on television. Look, they put Stephen Colbert on Les Moonves, who's going to be one of the smartest executives in the world. I mean, he's smart. And but, Colbert, one of the greatest talents in the world. Yeah, and guess what? Didn't work. 
<laughs> doesn't work. And they put this other guy on, James Corden, on at 1230 at night, and he's becoming something, and Colbert isn't. It just that's just the way it goes. And, so, and look, and, and I believe this, that Drew and I will end up somewhere doing... Something. What, yes, we don't know what. Well, doing what yeah. I'm hoping we end up somewhere interpreting the news, whatever that means, yeah. for, an, for, the, for an audience that doesn't want to watch it. But what it. was hard is, because I would watch it, and Drew, you're touching on something, which is the audience itself that's interested in these sexy girls who murdered their children mm. or their boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And you were putting it back in their face a little oh, bit. Oh, absolutely. And they didn't know it. No, I know. I know. <laughs> we know that was, that was absolutely. Did you know that? Because what? really, I, I wouldn't discuss what's that with interesting him. is why I would discuss is that it? with the with the psychologists and things. But yeah. 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 So here's the thing. Yeah. A lot of women murder their children. Not all of them look like Casey Anthony. Right. It was the obsession of a certain part of the population that wanted to watch about this woman yeah. who murdered her kid. Yeah. Uh, and the, the thing that I always found great about it was Drew was really talking about their obsession with it. Oh, absolutely. While they. Thought he, they were. He was talking about somebody else. That's right. No, I, <laughs> yes, I did know that. And by the I, way, I say the same thing now about a lot of stuff. I mean, like Donald Trump. We did a whole thing on to what, what's up with people who support Donald Trump. I want to understand them. I want to understand what do you see in this guy. What is it about you? We, we filled our studio with Trump supporters and we poked oh. at him. And, and, and we and, did stuff nobody did. And by the way, that doesn't make it great we just did we, we did an audience of trump supporters we did an audience of muslims we did an audience of transgenders i mean these were really really good shows that guess what not a lot of people watch now i would argue that if we put that on a network that was bigger that we would have gotten a much bigger audience but we certainly walked out of there corny as it sounds feeling pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. we did really good stuff over the years and 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 really Talk about evolving. We evolved and changed and maneuvered, and, and they gave us the support and room to do that, too. Absolutely. Way, yes, was, you know the that's background. the other extraordinary thing about working there. There was time to do that and support but to do so, that. But just so, so we're clear, CNN did in-depth stories, sometimes 12-minute stories about politics, about, about the Clinton administration, about something. Then HLN was the headline news. Every f- 10 minutes, you yep. would get all the 20, top 22 head- minutes. Uh-huh, every 22, 22 minutes, minutes, right. So now CNN has just become headline news. It says the same headline every every yeah. 20 minutes, right? Again, and HLN's looking for an identity. What was the ID channel's original stu- uh, before, uh, content? B- before murder What porn? does ID stand for? Uh, discovery Investigative ID. Uh, discovery. Uh, d- yeah. uh, Investigative. Oh, Infe- investigative discovery, discovery right. Yeah, yeah. So it was a discovery network yeah. like National by the way, Geographic. Yeah, yeah, Here's what I believe Jeff Zucker, uh, his philosophy is at CNN. Take three hot stories and bang them to death. Do them, do them, do them. And it works for them. Yeah. I mean, he got really... While there's an election, it's over in 16 no. days. Forget the, the election. Plane. Look at the lost days. air. Look at the plane that was lost. When the, the airplane... Was six oh, weeks. hopefully a plane will get lost. No, no. They, he took that story and he did it. No, he was it. criticized for it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. He was really criticized for it, yeah. Yeah, but I just I just find it fascinating that you got 500 channels of television, and Trump's going to have one, too, now. That's exciting. Trump what, what, TV. You heard you about be that? On it? Huh? Be I want to be on it. See that? Trump TV. Why is that exciting, by the way? Because he's just going to just be Trump 24 hours a day. All right, all right. He's got the highest ratings in television. Okay, all right, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break so Bert can regroup. No, no, no. We, we're not taking a break. Do we need another break? No, we're still going. Okay. Yeah. I thought, so, you, you, you guys a, talk. I'll regroup anyway. What? Do you need a moment? I'm taking a moment. Trump, 24 hours a day till we die. It's working for CNN. Yeah. So, so I think Bert, they, people would be interested in listening to your stories. One of the things they'd be interested in the Andy Kaufman stuff. So, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, um, so. oh good, dear Andy. Um, when I was at uh, school in Boston. Um, and, and, I, and, and try to focus on, is he crazy? Does he know what he's doing? Well, of course. All the stuff people of course. Rem- um, I was, got myself t- that I was on their school station every Thursday night and did a Tonight Show kind of show for um, the colleges that was uh, in and around the uh, Boston area. And... Um, so I needed guests, and one day I get a phone, uh, not a phone call, knock on the door, and uh, it's Andy, who's nobody knows who he is at that point. He's at your school. school. Yeah, at school. And uh, he, we, we were at school together, and he said, uh, I do X, Y, and Z. I do Elvis, everything we know. I do a character called Foreign Man, which turned into Latka on Taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, can I come on? I said, absolutely. He was what? doing comedy clubs in Boston No, he was no, in school? No, no, he was just Andy. He was just in, in school. Wasn't doing anything. Wow. And so I said, well, what do you want to do first? He said, so he started telling me the story about meeting Elvis. So I said, well, why don't we do that? You'll come on and tell the story, and we'll go from there. He said, all right. So he came on. He came on, and um, as just Andy. Is this tape was, around anywhere? Is it available? No, no. They're, through, they were, they were, they were all raised. All the way through your growth. Um, but sweet, wonderful, lovely guy, Andy. And he starts telling this story. And as I'm sitting there listening to it, I realize he's telling this a lot longer than he told me in my dorm room. And it's going on. It's getting funny. The audience is laughing. And I realize we're out of time. We're done. So I said to him, listen, what if you come back next Thursday and finish the story? So he said, one better. I'll finish the story and maybe I'll do Elvis. And at that point, not a lot of people were doing Elvis. It wasn't a big thing then. And uh, he did. He came back on and he did Elvis like nobody did Elvis. I mean, he was unbelievable. And at that point, he wasn't lip syncing. He was doing it. He actually did it. Eventually, he be, you know he lip synced. I think the, you said the Mighty Mouse thing. Is to have well, me. I had a record. From it was his ki- record. From all his the first kids, record. From all the kids shows that I loved, and it was um, I forget, but all children's theme songs. Rin Tin Tin was on there. Howdy Doody was on there. Wagon Train was. On, I'm think, thinking of the cover of the album. Wagon Train was on there, and the Mighty Mouse theme was on there. And Andy and I were listening to it one day, and he went crazy. When he heard Mighty Mouse. We have to we have to cut in the Mighty Mouse theme. If you Here can I it, come Nate. to save the day. Yeah, that's right. Here I come. So I gave him the day. record. And he ended up using it. And he did it, did it, if you remember at all. He had a little record player right yeah, by him. Old and fashioned he'd take the needle player. and yeah. And he put it on. So Andy, all this stuff He would sit ha- for people that didn't see it, it was an SNL skit where it became famous. He would sit and tap his music to the music and wait until the Here I Come to Save Today and, and he, he would go into this very it. animated yeah. Here I Come to Save Today movement. We became best friends and so as when we left school Andy went in like you said to stand up comedy and I would take him at 2 o'clock in the morning to um, uh, the improv Catch a Rising Star in New York because he'd get on at maybe 2 o'clock in the morning for maybe 5 minutes and he brought all these props with him one prop he would bring every time was a sleeping bag and I remember I said to him one day what the hell why do you keep bringing this damn because we'd have to load the stuff out of the car and he said I'll never forget it he said to me well if I really die one night, like if I'm on there and I'm really dead, just I'm just going to open up that sleeping bag and go to sleep. It hadn't happened, but that was it hadn't happened at that point. But that was why he, why he did it. And so anyway, this goes. So we became very, very, very close. A couple of quick things. I got a job at the Mike Douglas show, um, and um, 
and we were doing a bit. We would always do these bits, and Robert Goulet, the singer, would come on. I didn't know this until I got there. Every time he came on, they would play a joke on him. And so now I had the segment. So they said, well, you got to play a joke on Robert Goulet. Goulet. What kind of joke? Well, we did this, we did that. You got to come up with something. So I thought, all right. And I remember Jerry Lewis, I had seen years before that, do a thing where he was singing a song, like a serious song, and um, they would take a camera and shoot the camera guy as Jerry's doing this serious song. The camera guy's laughing, and Jerry's getting pissed. But it was a bit. And I thought, wait a minute. I could do that with the boom guy. And have a boom guy, la- you know, laughing at Robert Goulet singing the song. So I go in and I tell everybody this. this it's great. I don't think I think I left out the Jerry Lewis part. I made like this was my yeah, idea. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, <laughs> and so I called. Said, well, who's going to be the boom guy? I said, I got a guy. And I called Andy. No one knew who he was at this point. And I called him up and I said, Andy, here's the bit. Blah 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 blah. You think you could do it? He said. Absolutely. So we flew him in, and Robert Goulet's singing with the Philadelphia Flyers' wives around him. And he's sitting there singing this song. has no idea. And all of a sudden, Andy's, you know, he's on the boom, starts to gradually laugh until <laughs> the point where he's hanging off of the boom, hysterical. And Goulet has no idea. And it, it, was, it was wonderful. That was Andy's first appearance on until That I do have. And he's, he was not crazy. No, Andy was not crazy. He Andy, knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. The, the Jim he, Carrey thing left that open. Uh, well, it, it it made Andy look crazier than Andy was, but Andy put so much thought. Yeah. Matter of fact, um, Mary Lou Henner, who we had on on Drew, oh yeah, um, found out that Andy and I were best friends and grabbed me. We had a little running gag, if you remember, Bob, where at the Drew show we had a closet. It was the only place we could go talk to people was the closet. We had no room. Yeah. So Mary Lou, Mary Lou said, I, Bert, I got to talk to that bit. I've always wanted to talk to you. So she brings me in there and she says, I got a theory about Andy. And I said, what's that? And she said, and maybe you could tell me if it's true. And I said, what's that shit? I think he was gay and he died of AIDS. Oh, and I said, Mary God, Lou, I said, no, Mary Lou no. let me tell you something. If there's one person on the planet, and people didn't know this about Andy, that was not gay, <laughs> and I was trying to be nice, yeah. it, it was Andy, but just the other day, yesterday, uh. out of nowhere, I was on the internet, and there's a great piece, you should listen to it, uh. of Mary Lou just talking about Andy. Uh. So Andy and I were best friends right to the very end. The whole Tony Clifton thing I was in the middle of, he came at almost every show the, All I'd the done. wrestling thing was all planned. Oh, yeah, none of that no, was... All came out of fifth... Here's what Andy was. Andy and I, I told you earlier, connected like, on Howdy Doody. Howdy Doody, yeah. Doody He was a lover of 50s television. television. Yeah. When he found out that I knew Buffalo Bob, Oh my God! Then that that brought us together. Yeah. Wrestling became popular in the fifties on television. Yeah, gorgeous and, George. That's exactly. That's why Andy started doing it. If you said to Andy, and if people remember, they may not. Andy used to wrestle girls, not guys. Yeah. And if you said to Andy, "Why do you wrestle girls?" He'd say, "I'm not going to wrestle a guy. I'll get killed." So he would just do girls, and it, and everybody was planted in the audience, all planned, all yeah, Bob d- got done. planted them right. Y- yes, yes, yes. Bob, who um, was his writer, and uh, yeah, y- yeah, still does Tony Clifton now. Bob, we have to wrap this thing up. Uh, awesome. See, see television. So, well, uh, but not Bert came in. And, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Bob's like, what are we doing here? What's that? I, we'll have something to say. We'll I think I figured out the new but show. In Bert. Television. It's you and me. You and me just talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new show. It's like, there you go. So, all right. Anything you want to say before we uh, wrap this thing up? The best thing that happened to me from everything that we talked about in, in this is that I got to meet this oh. man. I got to meet oh, Drew, and we became friends. And um, and my only hope and i'm is that we're back together again doing something on television which is what we're trying to do now but that's the or, best or by the way we're looking at other platforms and things yeah that, yeah, that, that's you know, so, yeah yeah so 
anyway. So anybody that's in that business, please let's call. I'll send it right over to Bird. He'll figure out how to do it. We'll do it. Maker. Yep. Maker. What? Do you know about Maker? No. No. What's that? It's that... It's a. I'm gonna start it's like scre- it's YouTube channel. I'm just gonna start screaming words at you. Bob. YouTube channel, <laughs> maker, you, maker. YouTube channel. Yeah. All right. If we've learned anything before we go, yeah, yeah. I think people should look forward to the new CNN, the travel. travel, travel. <laughs> the, if we leave them with any, let's leave them with. Is there, is there an N word that's uh, a travel rather than news? See you later. Okay. So, all right, we'll see you next time. Thank you.